0: here and ready to go so I have a question for you have you ever talked to somebody on the phone maybe made an appointment to stop and see somebody called to see if the store had something maybe uh think back when you were younger maybe had a blind date or something and somebody talked to somebody on the phone anyway and then you go to meet the person and see the person and you're like no you're that can't be who I'm looking for because their voice just does not at all match their body Okay, I was thinking the other day, what if Mike Tyson were to call you on the phone and be like, okay, you know, I'm going to come and I'm going to get you and you would not be very intimidated if Mike Tyson called you on the phone because he's got a voice of like a four-year-old cartoon character. So if you don't get the hint here today, today's uh message deals a little bit with voices. Um, any of you use the Bible app, maybe hit the play button on the on your phone and, and listen to it as you're cleaning or driving in the car or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Whose voice do you hear? Anybody know? Samuel Jackson, I will never
1: listen to the-
0: Samuel Jackson James Earl Jones. Yeah. Okay, James Earl Jones. I don't know how many times that man has read the Bible, but I know that he's uh, read it a few times because I hit play on the NIV version, and he was saying it. I went to Amazon to see if you could still buy it on CDs. Believe it or not, if you wanted to spend $135, You can buy the Bible on CD, or you can go to the app store and just download a Bible app and it's just fine. But anyway, when you think about hearing the voice of God, like actually hearing God speak, how many of you are kind of guilty of going, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to sound a little bit like James Earl Jones, because that's just what you think, right? Or, Or maybe you think that there's going to be these booming thunder and lions roaring, and it's just going to be this just amazing shake-the-ground kind of voice. You know, have you ever thought about that? Maybe, what does God's voice actually sound like? You know, maybe it's a little bit more, like for you, it might be a little bit more like a cartoon character or Mike Tyson calling you, you know, you just never know, but we've got these assumptions a little bit. You know, maybe we should actually consider, does the voice of God even have a sound here on earth, this side of heaven? Now, there are people that say, yes, I have audibly heard the voice of God. But maybe we need to look a little bit about that and think a little bit about that. So I want to go back to the Old Testament, 11th century BC, a young man by the name of Samuel. Um, Samuel actually literally heard the voice of God. Um, so before we go into Samuel's story a little bit, I want to give you a little bit, bit of a backstory. See, Samuel was born to a woman named Hannah. And if you're not familiar with Hannah, Hannah was unable to conceive a child, and she was very, very distraught about this. And so eventually what happened is Hannah finally was able to conceive, and she was so happy that she decided that she was going to dedicate Samuel's life to God. She was going to give her child back to God because she was so happy that her son was born. So as a toddler, Samuel was given to a temple to be something called a Nazarite. And what a Nazarite is, is it's a lifetime servant of the temple. This is not like an altar boy or somebody that says, yeah, well, I'm in high school, I'm going to help Pastor Nancy downstairs. No, this is somebody that's dedicated their entire life to working in the temple or working in the church. And so Samuel worked under this high priest and his name was Eli. So there was Eli and then Eli had two sons that were much older than Samuel. And Eli's sons, you know, they served below Eli They were kind of like PKs or pastor's kids, but they actually had a pretty definite role in the church. But there was a problem with these two young men is because these two young men were not very godly at all. In fact, they weren't godly at all. They were extremely sinful. Some might even say that they were evil because, see, at this time people would bring sacrifices to the church in a a hope to get closer to God. Well, what Eli's sons would do is actually they would go and they would steal those sacrifices. And there were also women that worked in the church. And these two young young men actually had numerous relations with the women that worked in the church. So they were not really, they were not godly men at all. And the interesting thing about Eli, the high priest, is he just, he looked the other way. I wouldn't know, I don't know if he actually condoned what was going on, but he didn't do anything to stop it. So eventually what happens is God replaces Eli with Samuel, and God uses Samuel Samuel to speak prophetic words to people throughout Israel and lead them to a victory over the Philistines. And then Samuel goes on to anoint two of Israel's first kings, King Saul and King David. So Samuel definitely had his place in the church. So that's the big picture, but I want to go back to when Samuel first heard God's voice and I think God, Samuel was about 12 years old. So he'd been in the church for quite some time, but yet he was really a relatively young man. So if we go to 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, it says this. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite <laughs> uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, to, called out, Samuel. Can you imagine? You're almost asleep. Samuel. So, yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. He said, Here I am. Did you call me? Eli replied, I did not call you. Go back to bed. And so he did. Continues on in verse 6, it says, Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called to him a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. Samuel was about 12 years old, like I said, and he had served in the tabernacle and he had assisted the high priest and he did anything that needed to be done in the tabernacle. He was like the volunteer at church, like to a T. I mean, he did absolutely everything. He grew up in their tabernacle. He was constantly surrounded by the things of God. He was familiar with the tradition and all the church and all the time. And he just he was familiar with it all. But when God spoke to him, Samuel had no clue that it was him. He didn't recognize the voice. And in fact, he'd mistaken it for Eli's voice, something that was very, very familiar to him. And the reason Samuel did not understand and didn't know that God was speaking to him is because he didn't yet really have a personal relationship with him he knew all about him he just didn't really know him so there's many people today maybe even some of you you've grown up in the church and you've been surrounded by things of God you know the you know scripture but you have a hard time recognizing when God's trying to speak to you I mean I think that's pretty common See, but there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God, and there's a difference between hearing about God and hearing God. Yet when God spoke to Eli, his voice must have sounded pretty normal, because what did he do? The first thing he did is he did it three times, right? He got up and he ran to Eli. So it was a familiar voice, but he wasn't quite sure who it was yet. See, Samuel was a prophet, or he went on to be a prophet. So Of course, but God spoke to him because he was important, right? Because God only speaks to important people, right? You know, if we're not careful, we can assume that God's only going to maybe speak to pastors and speak to priests and speak to people who, you know, got it all figured out. (laughs) You know, if we're not careful, we can assume that God only speaks to people who who've got this divine ability or this calling. Or maybe we think about it this way: I get it, Pastor Brad, but that was the Old Testament. We hear all the time that God spoke to people in the Old Testament. Things are different now. So the question may be in your mind, does God actually speak to people today? Okay. Is it actually possible to hear the voice of God today? So I've shared this story with you, but I think it's important to bring up. I'm going to take you back to October 2020. I know exactly where Pastor Nancy and I were sitting because... Pastor Nancy's always been a sit-in-the-front-row kind of gal. No, not quite the front row. One seat off the front row. So this is pre-COVID, so there's many more chairs here. And we were sitting right here in this row. And Pastor Jared had just come down from Rapid City to make a big announcement. And the interesting thing is, that morning, well, if I back up, like two weeks before that morning, we just got some new horses. And that morning, I had gone out to feed the horses with the dog. And one of our dogs was killed by the horse. It was, it was a horrible morning. We were devastated. We called Pastor Jared and we said, I know you asked us to come to church today, but we're just not going to make it. And he sent us a message back and he said, Oh my, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, but if there's any way you can make it, I really would love it if you could make it here. So we just decided, you know what? We had, we had company at the time. Um, Nancy's brother Keith was there. And so they stayed home and hung out and Pastor Nancy and I came to church. And at that point, it was um, Principal Brad and Walk in the Woods Nancy. Okay? (laughs) And um, so we were sitting right there and Jared made the announcement that Pastor Rhea and Pastor Eric were leaving and they were going to Chicago and I shared this story that it was like this lightning bolt or baseball just flew out of the front of the room and hit me smack in the chest. I felt it. And I leaned over to Nancy and I said, now's the time. God told me that we're to take over. I, I didn't hear an audible voice, but God spoke to me that day. There's been, never been a time in my life that I've very much known what God was telling me that we needed to do. That was a pretty crazy day to hear God actually speak to him, speak to me. You know, do you, do you desire to hear the word of God? Do you? Do you want to hear the word of God? I think most of us want to hear the word of God. We want God to speak to us. We want to know what we're supposed to do. But then there's some of us, and sometimes probably all of us, that go, you know what, God? (laughs) Maybe I don't want you to speak to me because I'm not sure that I really want to hear what you have to say. Um, Because sometimes God asks us to do some things that are outside of our, our comfort zone a little bit. But I truly believe that God speaks through speaks to all of us, and I truly believe that he speaks through other people to speak to us as well. But today I want to show you a few ways that you can personally start to hear what God has to say. How you can start to hear those things that God wants to say to you and things he wants to put on your life. And the first thing is, is God calls us to separate the spontaneous. And what I mean by that is... There are spontaneous things in our lives that happen, and we need to sometimes compartmentalize them and concentrate on those spontaneous things. The prophet Habakkuk knew the sound of God speaking to him, and he, and he waited for it. If you go to Habakkuk 2.2, you would hear about that. The prophet Elijah described the sound of God as a still, small voice. Possibly kind of what I was hearing that day. Maybe there was this little bit of a I'm not sure if it was audible, but a still small voice. And then we, we heard about Samuel today. In Samuel, it couldn't even have been more clear. It was a loud, it had to have been loud because Eli was in the other room. So we, it had to have been this loud voice. And he thought he was hearing this familiar face. See, but sometimes it can be difficult to discern the voice of God and what God is trying to say to us. You know, if you're like me, you can find yourself waiting to hear this inner audible voice. And sometimes God does speak that way. However, I have found that usually God's voice comes as a spontaneous or a flowing thought. Let me give you an example. Have you ever been driving down the road and you thought about somebody? You're like, oh, you know what I really need to do is I need to pray for them today. That spontaneous, instantaneous, not premeditated thought... Do you believe it was God telling you to pray or were you just like, oh, you know, I I haven't done this in a while. Maybe it's my turn to pray. And the question is, what did God's voice sound like in that moment? Okay, was it an audible voice or was it the spontaneous thought that lit up your mind? So I was trying to think about this, you know, there have been times that God has said, you know, you need to get a hold of somebody or you need to get a hold of, or you should call somebody. I know there has been lots of times because I had some really good friends from high school and, and early college that I've yet to, you know, speak of. I, I spoke a couple of weeks ago about losing our friend Mark, who had called out to everybody that said, hey, we want to get together, and I didn't make it, and weeks later, he passed away. But so Pastor Nancy, as you all know, is is a very unique person, and I, I truly believe that she is anointed by God, like more than you can imagine. So I, yesterday I'm sitting downstairs and I'm kind of typing some things and reading over the message and Pastor Nancy is upstairs in the loft and she's probably watched, scrolling something on her phone or listening to a podcast trying to calm down and listen. And I said, Nancy, have you ever had God just tell you that you needed to get a hold of somebody or you should call somebody or you should check on somebody? And she's like, yeah, all the time. Like I think she said hundreds of times, which, which I truly believe it. And so I said, well, I hate to ask you this, but can you be a little bit more specific? I mean, I don't want all 100 of them, but can you be a little bit more specific? And the first young lady that she, she mentioned to us was a young lady by the name of Isabel. And Isabel used to live in the, in the small town in North Dakota where we lived, and she used to come over to our house on Tuesdays or Thursday nights, whenever it was, and we would have food, and Isabel struggled a lot. And been, Nancy said, well, there's been times that I just knew that I needed to seek out Isabel to see how she was doing. And every time that I've done it, there was definitely something going on. And you could argue, well, you know, there are some people out there that constantly have things going on in their life. So it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe Pastor Brad, maybe she just, you know, got lucky and it just aligned. And so I said, Nancy, can you, can you explain this to me a little bit more? How about something else? And the second that she said it, I thought of it too. She said, Rosie. See, Rosie used to live right across the street from us in Wynier, North Dakota. And Rosie's mom and dad, um, they struggled when they lived in North Dakota. I, I believe that they were off and on um, doing meth. And I know mom would have a job, and then she wouldn't have a job, and then she had a job for a long time. And dad was gone one night. I know one night um, they showed up at our house, and the police showed up because dad had a, had a gun, and he was threatening the family and threatening himself and Rosie had a tough life so about a few months before we left North Dakota Rosie and her mom and her dad who got back together decided that they were going to move to Oregon and have a fresh start so last week or maybe two weeks ago I don't know the you know the last three weeks have kind of been a blur but Nancy went on Snapchat and she sent Rosie a message and she said Rosie I just feel like I needed to get a hold of you how are you doing and and she said, Nancy, actually, things are horrible. My mom and dad were they're both doing drugs again. I, I believe that my dad has a, a mental disorder because he has quit his job because he's got all these conspiracies going on in his mind. And he's afraid that if he has to go to work, that something's going to happen to the family. And my parents, they hardly function because they're so strung out on drugs. And so Nancy started to talk to her a little bit more. Um, and, you know, she said, well, are you, have you told anybody? Well, I have to go see a counselor today. Well, good. We think, oh, great. Well, tell the counselor this will be great. So she checks with her later on, again, after the counselor, and she says, the counselor just said, you know, really, sweetheart, there's really not a whole lot I can do. So did you tell her what's go- Yeah, I told her what's going on, but there's not a lot I can do. So Nancy did what Nancy does, and she unfortunately, you know, had to call social services, had to get involved in law enforcement. And the good news is that Rosie's now living with her her brother, who also lives in Oregon, and he's a great young man. But it was that day where God spoke to her, and just out of the blue said, hey, you need to get a hold of Rosie. Did she hear it? No. But God spoke to her that day. See, experience tells us that we receive these spirit-level communications as spontaneous thoughts, you know, impressions and visions, and and Scripture actually confirms this for all of us. You know, for example, there's a Hebrew word, and I want to introduce this word to you. This word is called paga, P-A-G-A. And it's a Hebrew word that means intercession, and there's this chance encounter or an accidental intersection Okay, I think about when I was, uh, this is actually before I knew Pastor Nancy, but I, my son son Braden, he was about this big, he's about this big now, but we were driving down a country road and we saw a motorcycle crash in front of us. And if we wouldn't have been there, the guy would have laid at the bottom of this hill for I don't know how long because you couldn't see who was there. It was a chance encounter that allowed us to help and save somebody. Okay, PAGA is a chance encounter or an accidental intersection. Um. I wanna share another little story with you and I shared this with some of you. Um, I was in Foreman, North Dakota. I was teaching third grade. I had gone from administration back to the classroom and the kids were great, but every day I wake up and like I told the youth group, uh, I knew it was time to go because I woke up and every morning right after my alarm went off, another thing went off and that was my attitude, usually followed by a swear word. I wasn't happy. I was miserable. I mean, I would go to work and I'd love the kids, but have you ever been alone in a group of people before? When my kids were there, I was, I was just dove into them and I loved it. My kids would go to music and band and PE and all those different places. And I just felt alone. I wasn't happy. So one day I was scrolling through Facebook on my planning period when I probably should have been correcting tests or doing planning, but I needed a break. And I, I noticed that Lane Austinson was leaving to go be a firefighter. And I'm like, Oh, good for him. Thinking, you know, kind of the end of the year, and that day passed. And then what happened is I was sitting in my planning time again, and I and that thought came to me again. And I thought, oh, I should email Mrs. Furley and just tell her that if that job is still open, I'm interested. And you know, to kind of the backstory, she sent me an email back, and she said, "Is this a joke? Are you kidding?" I hadn't talked to her in, I had known her a long time before, but I hadn't talked to her in a few years, and she thought I was giving her a joke. Because see, what had happened is they had just offered the position to somebody else. They were preparing for that person to come in, and that person backed out and decided they were going to do something else. They were ready to start over. And then we told the story that within 36 hours, I would uh, accepted a job. We'd put our house on the market, and we were planning to move to the booming town of Edgemont, South Dakota. <laughs> and... And the reason I say that, and I I don't make fun because I absolutely love this community, but obviously God was saying, you know, you're sitting here every day, yeah, you're working with your 10 to 15 third graders every day, but you're really not doing a whole lot in this town. And who would have thought that we would have got here in July and August and we would have started and went through a year and come October, God would speak again and say, okay, now it's time. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't understand. That's all I can say. Great. Amen. But when God lays people on our hearts or lays these thoughts on our hearts, he does it through this paga, this chance encounter, this accidental intersection of our mind. And if we're not careful, you know, we might miss that as, oh, this is just my mind kind of wandering. You know, Pastor Nancy's example of contacting and reaching out to Rosie. Or I have another story and this is just crazy. So, One day, Nancy was just cruising around, and she decided that she wanted to stop and uh, just deliver a little treat to somebody, say, hey, I just want you to know I'm thinking about about you, and it was kind of an ulterior motive, because she wanted to get this person, you know, back with the group of people, and it just so happened that that day led to me getting a phone call a few hours later, that this family really needed help, and we had this opportunity to sit with this family and go through a struggle, until late, late that night. But God spoke to her that day and he said, Nancy, you need to go. See, God, God will speak to us if we listen. You know, we consider it a chance encounter, you know, that it doesn't make sense or whatever, but it's purposeful when God does this because he sends us these messages through our thoughts sometimes. So therefore, when you want to hear God's voice, You know, we can tune into these chance encounters or these spontaneous and flowing thoughts and God will speak to us. But I warn you, you need to be careful because something else happens. See, Satan delivers his word to us in the same way through spontaneous thoughts, you know, and chance encounters. And we're, that's why we're commanded in 2 Corinthians to take every thought captive. In other words, whatever thought comes to your mind, you need to dive in and you need to think about that thought and you need to ask yourself, where is this thought coming from us? I'm sure all of you have experienced this. If not, I feel really, really bad, but you're sitting in a good place and a, just a morbid or an evil thought comes to you. And it's disturbing. Like I've been sitting in worship and you know, sometimes if you're not really into worship, your mind just kind of wanders. But if you're not careful, the enemy can take that time and he can dive in and he can take that moment of worship and prayer away from you. See, but spontaneous good thoughts come from the Holy Spirit and spontaneous evil thoughts come from evil spirits. So we need to take those thoughts captive. See, God's thoughts, here's wait. let me give you a little tip. God's thoughts are going to line up with scripture and his various names. Names such as the comforter, counselor, teacher, giver of life, healer, and deliverer. His thoughts are going to edify, exhort, and they're going to comfort. They're going to be pure, peaceful, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy, good fruits, and unwavering. And it says that in James chapter 3, verse 17. Okay, Satan's thoughts are going to line up with his various names as well, such as the accuser, the adversary, the thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. His thoughts condemn and bring despair, rejection, fear, doubt, unbelief, and in general, misery. Have you ever done something? Maybe you're like, oh, I'm just going to kind of go do something. And when you're done with it, you just are left feeling like not so good. Maybe you're called. Maybe you've struggled with something in your life and you got called back to it. You're not necessarily called back to it, but led back to it by your thoughts and the enemy's thoughts. Okay. Satan's thoughts bring things such as jealousy and selfish ambition, and they take away from God's thoughts. So I want to bring you to a second point, and this is a very important point if you want to start to hear what it is that God is saying to you, and that is to learn to be still. I read a great book a while back by a young man that I would like to say is a friend of mine. I would hope that if I'd send him an email, he'd be like, Brad. Wow, I haven't heard from you in a long time. His, his name is Eric Samuel Tim. He's an artist. He's a public speaker. He's a communicator. Go on YouTube later. He's just, he's just phenomenal. Anyway, he wrote a book a couple of years back called The Static Jedi. And what basically the entire premise of his book is to fast away from electronics and things of this world for a small period of time. And his whole premise of his book is that if we could actually do this, we would start to hear God speaking to us again. I very much fear for this generation. And you know what? When I say this generation, I mean the front row, which this is pretty cool. Um, And back here, front and center. But I do believe that this generation is influencing my generation and all of your generations as well. And our life is so consumed by noise. Okay? But we need to learn to be still. I remember when Pastor Nancy and I were first dating, um... The, the, our two oldest boys, Nicholas and Devin, they were, they were in high school. They were teenagers. I think Nicholas was a senior getting ready to graduate or maybe had just, he had just graduated because I asked Pastor Nancy about how she coerced me into getting to know her by asking her to get some video for her. It's a great story. She'll get a little kick out of it. <laughs> but anyway, Devin and Nicholas were both <clears throat> young teenagers and they would, they would come to her looking for advice on what they should do. Mom, I got this problem. I don't know how to deal with it. Mom, what should I do? Or, you know, come home. Your kids ever come home angry because there's something that's frustrated them so bad. And and they would come for advice and sometimes she would actually give them advice. But this one piece of advice came more often than not. She would ask them, number one, have you prayed about it? And number two, she would tell them, you need to go right now and you need to find a quiet place and you need to still your mind and it will come to you. Because that's what happens. If we, if we learn to be still, we begin to start to hear what God wants to speak to us. If we go back to the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk said, I will stand on my guard post. See, he knew to hear God's quiet, inner, spontaneous thoughts, he had to go to a quiet place and be still in his own thoughts and his own emotions. If we go to the book of Psalms, Psalm 62, 5 encourages us to silence our souls before God. See, there's a deep inner knowing in our spirits that each of us can experience if we just learn to quiet ourselves. You know, if I'm not still, I'm only going to sense my own thoughts. When we move to the Black Hills and... We, we got settled into our house out in the country, you know, and we started to take Saturday morning drives through the Black Hills or do these things. Nancy one day t- turned to me, and she said, I'm so sorry. And I looked at her, and I was confused. And she said, you had to have been absolutely miserable living in North Dakota. And I said, no, no, I, you know, I love the little town. I, I had a, a job that had purpose. I was an EMT with an ambulance, and that gave me purpose. But I didn't really feel connected with God. Until I got to the Black Hills and had a chance to get out into the quiet and just still myself. For me, that's how I could get close. So point number three I want to point today on hearing the voice of God is that God's voice will always resonate with us. Okay, God usually isn't going to speak in ways that we don't understand. You know, we can't get caught up in the notion that God's going to speak to us in this voice like James Earl Jones. Or some of us, I think we get caught up and we're like, oh, if we actually hear the voice of God, it's going to be written in the King James Version and it's going to be really hard to understand because we think of God as this God of the Old Testament who only spoke to people in the Old Testament and that's the way that he spoke. So if he's going to speak to us they I'm probably not even going to get it. But here's something interesting. God knows you. See, God made you and he did this great thing is that he made you unique and different than the person sitting next to you. So if he knows you better than you know yourself, what makes us think that he's going to speak to us in a language that we don't understand? You know, he knows how we operate. He knows that we have a unique personality. So he's going to speak to us in a way that we need to hear. You know, some of us are more stubborn than others and so God's going to have to speak to us in different ways in ways that are more compliant. For some of us, God's going to have to say the same thing over and over and over again because we just don't want to hear it. But, you know, the whole point is that God is going to meet us where we're at in that moment when he chooses to speak to us. See, no matter our level of understanding, God wants to communicate with us through prayer and times of healing. And get this, he wants us to read his word. You know, God speaks in terms of peace, not anxiety. So if, if you've got a moment and maybe you've got this spontaneous thought in your head and you're trying to discern whether or not, is this God telling me to do something? You know, I, I spoke of my friend, Eric Samuel, Tim, who, believe it or not, he's a, you know, he's a communicator and an artist now. But when he decided to quit his job and go into art and go into ministry, he didn't know the first thing about art. He was sitting in his basement one day, and I don't know what he was doing. And he said, God, I'm not leaving this basement until you tell me what I'm supposed to do. That's a little aggressive. But the whole point is, God spoke to him. Because if you get a chance to see him, he is a phenomenal communicator and a phenomenal artist who was probably doing something he wasn't meant to be doing. See, God spoke to him. But the interesting thing is, when God spoke to him, he wasn't afraid. He wasn't filled with anxiety. He was filled with a sense of peace. God's word will give us peace. And when God spoke to me last last October, he didn't sound like my mom. And I've shared that story with some of you too. My mom who said, I don't know, you're pretty busy. You know, you're a principal, you're an athletic director. You work already, you know, sometimes 50, 60 hours a week. I don't think you should do this because that's what she said. But God doesn't speak that way. See, I didn't sit here that moment with that baseball feeling in the middle of my chest when I leaned over and said, Pastor Nancy, this is what we need to do. He didn't say that to me. I wasn't filled with stress. I wasn't filled with worry and anxiety on how I was going to get it all to work. He's like, because really, you know, he said, I've got this. Let me figure out the details. You just go through it. By the way, last Monday, calendar-wise, and last Sunday was one year since we stood on the stage in Rapid City and were handed a staff and handed over to the church. I, I don't know about you, but it, it's, parts of me think it seems like it was just yesterday, and parts of me seems like we've been in the church for, for years. So praise God, because when God speaks, His Word is true. So speaking of God's Word... Point number four is God is going to speak to us through his word, okay? If we go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, long, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom has, whom also he created the world. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the Word was with God. See, it's interesting on those days that I'm feeling stressed or maybe I'm feeling kind of lost or I don't know what to do. You know, during this whole pandemic and our little three week window of the pandemic when we were stuck at home, there was days that I would get just stressed out and grumpy. And I don't know why I was stressed because I was spending like 20 hours a day in bed, but I was just not myself. And Pastor Nancy would say, hey, hey, Brad, just got a question for you. Have you been in the word today? And I'm going to tell you with 100% honesty and transparency and certainty, those days that I was stressed out and just wasn't feeling myself, I hadn't even opened up the Bible app to see what the verse of the day was. See, God is going to speak to us and he's going to give us this comfort. We need to learn to go to him in that time. You know, if we're not students of the word of God, we're not going to be students of the words from God. Okay? If we don't know what's in the Bible, it's going to be really hard to hear those words when they come to us audibly or through our thoughts. To hear his voice is to know his voice. Think back to Samuel. Samuel had spent almost you know, 10, 12 years in the tabernacle, but he didn't know God. He knew of God, but he didn't know God, and so when God spoke to him, he thought it was Eli. To know his voice is to know his word. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16 says tells us that All Scripture is God-breathed, and we need to believe that, that every word that is in the Bible, even if it was penned by man, was breathed by the Word of God. So before I close today, I want to share briefly with you a few questions we all need to ask ourselves when discerning the voice of God. And I'm going to share these questions now with you, and then if you come tonight when we have our our small group at 6 o'clock, just by the way, if you know somebody else who wants to come in as kids, we have... Kids, we we have um, somebody to take care of kids because last night I forgot to share this. We sent out a Snapchat that said, "Hey, we have a small group tonight. We really need somebody to watch little people." And all of a sudden, that little ding—it's not a ding—I don't even remember what the Snapchat. Our phones were like blowing up, and it was kid after kid after kid saying, "I can come, I can come, I'll come help out, not a problem." Yep. It's amazing. It's super amazing and super excited. But you know, we will go through some of these. Tonight, I guess, was my point. The first question I have is, you need to ask yourself this question when trying to determine, is it God that's really speaking to me? Number one, does what I'm hearing line up with Scripture? See, God is never contrary to His Word, but unless we know Scripture, we won't be able to discern that. So if you think back to stories in the news where people have said God has told them to do horrible, terrible things, that doesn't align with Scripture, so that's not the Word of God. Okay? Okay. Next question, is what I'm hearing consistent with God's character? You know, just as he speaks in accordance with his words, he also speaks in accordance with his character. Next question, is what I'm hearing confirmed through messages in church or in my quiet time with God? Because God's going to use others to confirm what you feel he has said, so listen carefully. Like if we go back to when we made the announcement to our families and we decided that we were going to pursue ministry full-time or... You know, I don't know how you do it, full-time. Yeah, it's full-time. And a resounding amount of people said, yeah, this doesn't surprise me. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, I've known this is what you've always wanted to do. See, we knew it was, it was from God because everybody that we talked to, they knew it too. The next thing, the question that you need to ask yourself is what I'm hearing pleasing to God. See, here's the thing. It's easy to talk to ourselves and disguise what we're hearing or what we want as the word of God. Like, I think God is telling me to do this because this sounds kind of fun. Like, I'm going to quit work and I'm going to move to Puerto Rico and I'm going to live on a boat, which, you know, that all sounds really fun. But is it really what God wants to do and is it for his purpose? Because there may be some people, like I have a young man sitting over here who I know God spoke to him and said, I've been called to ministry last summer, it was a resounding voice, and I don't know how it came, but Miguel told us, I've been called to ministry. I've been called to missions. That's know what I, I know that's what I want to do with my life. Is that pleasing to God? Absolutely. So listen to the word of God. See, I'm so glad that we serve a God that speaks and a God that doesn't get mad at us if we don't listen. I mean, I know as a parent, when I ask my kids to do something and they don't listen, or I give them amazing advice that would just put them down the right path, and they're like, "Dad, you have no idea what you're talking about." It makes me mad. But but God's not like that. He's just like, "All right, there." You know, Pastor Brad's not ready to listen right now. You know, he'll come around eventually. See, it's I'm just so glad because he just keeps on trying. Um, I'm gonna tell you, I will pick on Joel back there a little bit. Trying to where'd you go, Joel? Yeah, as he leaves. <laughs> See. Uh, God spoke to Joel last year and he, he took about ten months doing it. And he 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 spoke through Pastor Nancy. You know, Nancy would go on to the dollar general and say, Hey Joel, how you doing? Don't forget, church is on Sunday, ten o'clock. And I will tell you that that ten month mu- God is persistent. And I know that God is life changing. Okay. So as we finish, I, want, I would like to finish up our, our message today with a little bit of worship. So if I could ask you to stand your feet, I've got one more worship song for us. And I want to end this message with this song because I think it's important. And as we join together in this last moment of worship today, I want to encourage you to not just sing the words. Like, like we can do sometimes, like when worship is going, you think about, oh, I need to do this when I get home. Today I want to encourage you in this is to not just sing the words or read them on the screen, but I want to encourage you to use this worship song as an opportunity to have a conversation with God. So if you please stand with me and Sharon, if you could please uh, get that up on the screen for us, I'd appreciate it.
1: in myself at a loss for words, and the funny thing is, yeah. it's okay, the last thing I need
0: I came across that song when I was thinking about this and I'm like, man, this is kind of an old school. This is like 10, 12 years ago old school in church. And uh, you want to pause that? Thank you. But, you know, so as we go through, that's a song I just wanted to play as we go out, but that's okay. You know, if you really want to hear what God's speaking in your life, I just want to call back and I want to remind you something. Number one, separate the spontaneous. Find those spontaneous moments when thoughts come into your mind and take a moment and think about those thoughts. Because it might just be that God is really trying to speak to you on that day. And when your life is filled so much full of noise that you're not really hearing even maybe what you're saying and what your family is saying, take that moment and find a quiet place and be still and listen to what God is saying. Realize that he's going to speak to you. He's not going to speak to you in the voice of James Earl Jones. He's going to speak to you in your own personality. He's going to speak to it in words that you and maybe only you will understand. And the last thing is if you really want to hear what God is going to speak to you, get in the word. Dive into the word. It doesn't have to be some lengthy marathon where you're going to finish the Bible in a year. Maybe it's you. You search a word on your phone and you look at verses to help you, or maybe it's you just ever do this. Just open up the Bible and be like, "Wow, who would have thought?" I can relate to that right now today. Just a random thought in the Bible. You know, I just want to thank everybody for being here. Thank our guests for coming here today for joining us, and I, I just want you to know, on behalf of myself and Pastor Nancy. We love every one of you, whether we've known each other for a few weeks or, you know, for a year or however long, and that every day that we pray for you, because you are the church. This building isn't the church. This building could burn down tonight and we would still have a church. You are the church. So the fact that we're the church, I just, you know, we've, we've got some families in our communities that are, are really struggling right now. You know, we have a family in Hot Springs that lost a us, lost us senior yesterday. They lost a child, so we just ask that you you know pray for them and pray for the adults because well, you know when those things hit schools, it's hard. You know we have families within within our own church that are struggling with those things, and sometimes we have very private families in our church and we don't know what's going on. But I just you know look around. Maybe there's somebody that's not here today that needs your prayers. You know it's been an amazing journey, and the journey has just begun. But I you know. On behalf of Pastor Nancy, who I'm sure is ready for a nap where they've tied her up downstairs because she's pretty worn out. I just want to encourage you to listen to what God is saying, because God will speak to you. We just have to discern, is this my thoughts, is this the enemy's, or is this the word of God? So with that, I just want—I hope that God has a, blesses your day, puts a blessing upon your day and the rest of the week. We love you. Have a great day.